welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hello, Falcha. If you're new to me, my name is Laura O'Brien, an Irish three and witch living in Ireland, in case you can't tell from the accent. I'm also the author of a book called Irish Witchcraft from an Irish Witch, released in its second edition. So I wanted to just put a little bit more content on here about witchcraft and magic and Irish witchcraft and Irish magic specifically. We are going to just give some kind of brief definition just for anybody who is completely new. What is witchcraft? So witchcraft, by my definition, is the practice of magic. So as an Irish witch, what is Irish witchcraft? Magic here is called Dreacht and I'm a three, which is a practitioner of magic, basically. And it is the same root as the word Druid. That's uh, where the word Druid would have come from. And when we hear about witchcraft, there can definitely be a view of it being negative or black magic. And within the Irish folk tradition, witchcraft was definitely something that definitely had a bit of that negativity in that it was viewed very kind of functionally. The witchcraft existed and people who practiced witchcraft and magic spells, Pishoga, we call them here, definitely existed and were believed in very strongly pretty much all through our history and up into much later folklore and I mean probably still to this day there are charms and also Pishoga because anything that's against witchcraft is also magic but witches or witchcraft those words were generally viewed as more negative right but also you'd have witches who you would go to heal as well. So it could really go either way. It depends who you're talking to, what kind of time frame. We didn't have a huge like witchcraft trials. When people talk about witchcraft in a modern context, they are usually talking about, sorry, in, in, in a neo-pagan context, really. They're usually talking about like a religious practice involving magic and affinity to nature. So it gets very blended up with paganism or within a pagan tradition people will also practice magic so and, and there's a huge crossover with wicca as well when you are thinking about witchcraft irish witchcraft specifically there's a couple of things that you need to kind of get yourself in the right frame of mind for so first off you kind of need to pick your path right so how to begin practicing irish witchcraft you pick your path. Are you going to be a crypto pagan, which is very common, um, which basically means that you put a veneer of one of the, the major religions um, in Ireland that would most often be Catholicism, which is a kind of witchcraft in itself. <laughs> of all the Christian paths, Catholicism is definitely the one that's closest to spells and magic, I believe anyway, and deity veneration as well through the saints and the pantheon of saints. Mostly crypto-paganism is known as being in the broom closet. And it is a, a reference to being in the closet for LGBTQIA people. So there is that, are you going to practice witchcraft kind of 
under the radar basically and just do it in quiet in your own time and historically that would have been known as crypto paganism you could also be you could be more out or open about it you could be a religious witch so in and of itself witchcraft is not actually a religion right wicca is and there are certainly people who are pagan or pagan aligned, pagan affiliated, who call themselves witches. And that would be their religious identification. And that's okay. I'm just saying, as stripped down to the kind of the bare bones of it, witchcraft can be atheist, it can be religious, it can work with whatever gods you work with. In and of itself, it is the practice of magic. So that's essentially what that means. So if you are following a religious path with paganism, then you just need to figure out what religion. Um, are you going to go more traditional? And if you're getting involved in Irish witchcraft, you kind of have to go traditional. We do have a huge body of work in our folklore. So you can look to the cures and charms and pishoga that are still within our national archives and were being practiced or even are being practiced to this day and look to them for inspiration. But that is not a complete tradition in and of itself. So you would have to look to that and take inspiration and do a kind of a, a wider learning, which we'll get to in a second, right? But it kind of, I won't say should, but it is very common for Irish witchcraft to have that kind of backbone of the, the folklore tradition. Because why wouldn't you use it? It's there. It has survived. Obviously, it's part of the, the culture and the heritage. So that's very much where I'm coming from. You maybe need to figure out, are you going to do rituals? Do you look to more ritual magic or high magic or whatever you want to call it for inspirations and map that with your more traditional practices, blend it somehow? Or are you going to go more towards hearth? Uh, home green witchcraft are you going to look at urban witchcraft there are all these things that people are doing all these practices that people have that you can take inspiration from and like I said root it back into the Irish culture and the Irish heritage and just kind of figure out your own path from there right main advice to you would be to learn widely Irish witchcraft does not happen in a vacuum like I said, we don't have an extant witchcraft tradition. We don't have an extant native pagan tradition. What we do have is a huge body of work. We definitely have people who are still practicing witchcraft or what we would call witchcraft, whether they call it witchcraft or not. There are a lot of very Catholic grannies who would not in any way, shape or form identify as witches, but are still effectively doing magic and spells through their prayers, their candle ceremonies, their work with saints, all that kind of stuff. And they'd be horrified at the thought of being called witches because, again, they may have that negative connotation through the culture with witchcraft because their stuff would be to the good. So they wouldn't see what they were doing as witchcraft. It's very intertwined with their Catholic magic, but it is a thing. And there are also families who just pure out do witchcraft and would make no bones about it. Um, that's not necessarily to say we have, again, like unbroken lines of extant family tradition and everything. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but it's very difficult. It would be very difficult to kind of 
prove that or prove how far back it goes or anything like that, right? Because modern paganism has been around for a long time and even a couple of generations back may have influenced a re-engagement or a refocusing or a redefining of maybe some traditional family practices. And it's hard to put a boundary on like where you draw the line on that. Um, but for the most part, with, with a, f- a few notable exceptions that, that I know personally in Ireland, certainly if anybody from outside of Ireland is telling you that they have an, an unbroken Irish witchcraft line or heritage, it smacks of bullshit for me. All that being said, um, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. So you do have to look at comparative culture. We have a very rich witchcraft tradition generally as in the practice of magic it wouldn't even be a tradition because it's cross-cultural but there is a, a huge body of lore of practice of experience and learn everything that you can but always bring it back to the roots of the Irish culture that you're working in the Irish heritage the Irish framework and if you are outside of Ireland and you're looking to practice Irish witchcraft, then that is where you start. That is where you start to learn. That is your very first port of call, right? You have to learn about the culture. You have to learn about the heritage. You have to dig into Dukas. You have to check out everything that you can about the, the folklore collection that we have and make sure that, that is your starting point. You learn as much as you can within that tradition and then you spread your net and learn widely. If that makes sense. So you've got some basic techniques that you will be coming back to that is, again, cross-cultural that you really need to practice. And you need to practice on a very regular basis, um, if not daily. And a lot of people balk at the idea of having to do something every day. But witchcraft is certainly Irish witchcraft. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but Irish witchcraft for me is very much about the everyday. And it's about the things that we're doing because that is our culture. That is our heritage. They would be the everyday clearing or cleansing or protecting or focusing, visualization, manifesting, all of those things. Actually, just to pull that out, clearing or cleansing, protecting or boundaries, not so much boundaries, but protective magic specifically. Focusing and visualization is a skill that we don't have as ready access to as our ancestors would have had. We're living in a very distracted age. So that is probably the number one thing you're going to need to practice and develop as a skill, building those muscles for focusing and visualizing and manifestation. Then a manifesting comes um, from all of those things, really. And, And there is a natural progression between clearing or cleansing, making sure that what you're doing is protected and safe, then centering grounding focusing visualizing and from that then comes a manifestation process which is real results basically so your tools you need to grab a hold of your tools right because witchcraft can absolutely be done without tools without props and i'm not saying for a second that it can't be right again those basic practices essentially don't need anything you can clear protect focus visualize manifest whatever you turn your attention or your will to without any kind of help or support or anything like that but my question would be if you have ready access to stuff that's around you and i don't mean i don't mean go out and spend a load of money on a load of fancy shit that is 100% not what i'm talking about I'm saying look around you and see what is available to you. 
see what you have to hand, see what feels natural to you and what is part of your everyday life already and how that can be channeled or focused or utilized within a witchcraft practice. Okay. And that can be treasures or tools such as knives, sticks, wands, staffs, anything like that, any kind of like more ritualized objects, cauldrons, bowls, dishes, plates, cups, pentacles. And a pentacle is more kind of a Wiccan thing, really. Well, actually, a, a pentacle is medieval magic thing, really, that has become associated with Wicca. There's a whole history to the pentacle, right, which we don't really need to get into now. But anything that you are utilizing, and I call them treasures loosely in my own practice, I do keep a little bit of a weather eye to the treasures of the Tua de Danon when I'm thinking about ritual objects or ritual tools, but that would not be hard and fast at all. But like your tools could also be trees. Your tools could be herbs. It could be any kind of divination tools, which could be just a a bowl of water. It could be a dark glass or a dark mirror or a dark stone. It could be a bundle of sticks that you use to cast lots. It could be various colour stones that you pull out of the sea or off the ground. And again, anything with natural connections, actually. Water, stones, earth, salt, sand, feathers smoke purification is is a a thing in itself obviously fire so the use of things that we use to make fire such as candles or matches or that kind of thing so they would all be under the the tools heading and really goes back to that kind of focusing and they give you support they're props basically but they help to focus and channel and really make things a lot easier But again, it has to be stuff that you're relating to. So in a similar vein, power sources, you really shouldn't be using yourself as a battery or as a power source, especially for anything like healing or even for cursing. And like those are two sides of the same coin, right? Um, You should not be your primary power source at all in any way, shape or form. That is a bad idea. It can be done. But why would you? So when we're talking about kind of power sources or you're thinking about like where you are literally drawing your energy from to focus and channel and manifest what you need to do, that is how magic works. You can think about gods, obviously, would be one. And and that refers back to whatever your religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs, which definitely run concurrently with witchcraft or can do. But again, are not quite the same thing, right? So if you have gods that you're working with, build a relationship with them, especially the Irish gods, do not just show up and expect an Irish god to be a battery for your spell. That will not work out well for you or for anybody around you, um, in my experience. You can also have like guides or guardians. So that could be guardians that you're working with through a sacred site or a natural feature. Um, They could be ancestors. All of these things can help to provide energy as long as you have right relationship with them. You can work with the powers of the worlds. Within the Irish tradition, we work with the worlds of earth, sea or water and sky specifically. And I do have a class if you're interested in more on that. I have many classes at the Irish Pagan School meeting the Irish gods, the 10 steps to Irish paganism. There's multiple ones. There's introduction to Irish magic as well. So there's resources there if you want them. 
But looking at the, the cosmology, the Irish cosmology, specifically the worlds of Earth, sea and sky there is a class called a practical guide to irish spirituality so if you wanted to put irish spirituality kind of side by side with your irish witchcraft then that would definitely be a a go-to resource for you and it's relatively cheap it's going to cost you a few dollars or a few euros and there's hours and hours of content in there so it's one of my baseline ones one of my foundation ones and i really try and give a lot of value within that and really give you a very good overview it also gives an introduction to things like working with the gods and the she which is the the dini maha the good neighbors the other crowd the fairies ancestors other worlds journeying there's a lot of stuff in there right so um, all of that kind of comes under power sources and your your spiritual practice can very much be a power source. Or you can go out into nature and natural features just without even kind of working with any gods, guides or guardians. You can work with the natural features themselves, such as a waterfall or the sea or a particular large rock. Or obviously there, there are places of power within nature that y- you will know in your in your neighborhood or you will know where to go to find them. Weather, particularly things like storms, but any weather, you can work with any weather as an energy source because things are shifting and changing and the energy is moving. So you can definitely harness and gather all that. So anyway, you should not be your power source, right? Even if it's only going out and getting some grass under your feet or, you know, sticking your hand in a a plant pot on your balcony or whatever your everyday surroundings look like, having a big river stone or a sea stone that you've collected um, safely and ethically from somewhere, all that kind of thing. So definitely have something that you cleanse, charge, draw energy from. Personally, I don't believe crystals can be ethically bought. I know that there are places that you can go and mine them or gather them yourself. But when it comes to buying crystals, I know there's a lot of people who say such and such a crystal can be ethically sourced. I think when you scratch the surface a little bit and dig a little bit deeper, you're going to find that there are definitely questionable practices within that. And so I don't recommend crystals. And even when it comes to stones, I would never take a stone from a sacred site or anything like that. And I really don't recommend you do that. But I think that there are natural objects and natural connections that you can come across. And as long as you're not just picking stuff up kind of willy nilly and just having things that are irreplaceable. I mean, water is a fantastic energy source. Water is a carrier of energy. And you could collect water anywhere at any sacred site, anything renewable, definitely. But just be a little bit careful around the ethics of what you're using, even some herbs. Make sure that they're being ethically sourced oils, essential oils. They're all really powerful tools to to use and definitely are part of my Irish witchcraft practice. But again, I try and stay with stuff that's native to Ireland here. Copper is a metal that I would use very strongly. We have various stones. We have a lot of native quartz and white quartz specifically would be part of the Irish tradition. So white quartz would have been found at various sacred sites. But again, you have to be so careful. I know that white quartz specifically you can definitely pick up ethically, but don't go buying stuff that you don't know where it's coming from. Okay, lecture over. Hopefully you get my point. All of that being said, the final point I want to make is to stay safe. 
this is not something to be messing around with. It is powerful stuff. It is powerful even before you get into connecting to God's guides, guardians, ancestors, sacred sites, the power of a storm or a raging fire or anything like that. They are dangerous energies to be working with and channeling. So definitely start small. Certainly, if you get into any kind of cursing magic or anything like that, anything that it goes beyond protecting or healing, the flip side of that is a very strong part of the Irish witchcraft tradition. As I said, witches weren't always happy to help you good neighbours, right? A lot of Irish magic is protecting against negative witchcraft. So negative witchcraft is obviously a part of the Irish witchcraft tradition. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying it is powerful and it works and know the risks and make informed choices and take responsibility for your actions because everything that you do has consequences. Like everything that everybody does has consequences. And those consequences are things that you will have to to live with for the rest of your life. Okay, so on that note, we can finish there. And if you want to know more about Irish witchcraft, check out my book, Irish Witchcraft from an Irish Witch. True to the Heart is the second edition. Make sure you get in the second edition uh, because the first edition was out of print a long time ago and was very expensive for a long time. So it's reprinted now, it's updated and you can grab it from Amazon, Evil Empire certainly, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks it should be available from all major retailers thank you for coming along with me on this little journey through irish witchcraft and it's long full if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses it's long full and we will see you next time